Young, back to throw. In trouble, he's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs, gets away again, goes to the 40, gets away again, to the 35, cuts back at the 30, to the 20, the 50, the 10. He dies. Touchdown, 49ers. What's up, 49ers faithful? We are back with another episode of the 49ers WebZone No Huddle Podcast. I am Zane. We, as always, we have Levin and Stats. It's been a minute since we talked to you all, but it's really, really good news that we have to share with you. Uh, for those of you who have not heard the news already, Kyle Shanahan has been extended through 2025 with the San Francisco 49ers with the new six-year deal. Essentially, they ripped up the last three years of his deal rewarded him for the Super Bowl berth and the turnaround of the franchise. Of course, he didn't do it alone. We'll get into that later, but Levin's stats, what do you guys think? I mean, it's pretty much all good. There's not a whole lot to say other than, thankfully, a coach finally got an extension. It's the first extension since, what, Mariucci 20 mm-hmm. years ago. So that's that's my reaction. It was one of those things where when I saw it, I was like, awesome, that's cool. but it. I think it was kind of expected, just not so early. Everybody figured an extension's coming. They just didn't think it was going to be now. Mm-hmm. My reaction was two questions immediately jumped into my head. First, is this the extension that Jed York should have given Jim Harbaugh after Harbaugh came off a Super Bowl and was in his had three years in? And do you think that Kyle Shanahan gets this extension if Jed York? didn't screw things up with Harbaugh and thus send the franchise into years of just utter darkness. Well, I think so. The first, the first thing I'll agree with, I think that this is basically kind of PTSD from Jed York of not giving Jim Harbaugh that extension that he should have gotten, frankly, after losing a Super Bowl, but then taking the team to three straight championship games before that 2014 season where he was basically fired before the season started. The second question, I think, is is a little more, bit more loaded. I mean, we can deal in hypotheticals till the cows come home, but I think that when you're looking at what happened to the 49ers after Jim Harbaugh left, if he had, first of all, if he had got that extension the first time, there's a chance he may have still been here. And there's a chance that he may still be the coach of the San Francisco 49ers or recently departed or whatever it was. And to think that the Niners basically got, I mean, I would say that there is a correlation there. Like there were, they were terrible. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch brought them out of that and they subsequently got an extension out of it because they turned this team, which was the worst roster in the league three years ago into a Super Bowl team and a contender now in three years. And they've got a a viable solution to take this thing forward. You have your quarterback, you have franchise players, you have a lot of guys on rookie contracts like, like Nick Bosa and you've locked up centerpieces like Eric Armstead. You've got, really, really good depth and you have a team that's competitive and they did that. They earned it. So would that have happened if they were still a competitive team from the Harbaugh years? Probably not. Well, one thing's for certain, if it was still in the Harbaugh regime, we would have known about this extension months ago because reportedly (laughs) it was a great deal months ago and they kept it under wraps, which just shows how well of an oiled machine this regime is because everybody's on board. There's not one person in that front office that's going out and leaking info because that's all it would have taken. That's all it would have taken also for DeForest Buckner trade, which apparently he got permission to seek a trade months before we actually found out. Mm-hmm. So that that to me shows that this thing is intact. The one thing that I would be interested to know, just I don't think it really means anything, more of a curiosity thing we may never find out with how tight-lipped they are, is who initiated it? 
I think that's an interesting tidbit. Did Shanahan say, hey, I've been to the Super Bowl. Let's talk extension. And Jed York said, hey, I'm not screwing this up again and was open to that after only three years of a six-year contract. Or was it Jed York saying, hey, you got us to the Super Bowl. You turned this around. I want to lock you up now. You know, I want to reward you. I think that's an interesting thing, but my guess is we'll never find out. You know, the interesting thing to me, Kyle Shanahan got a lot of praise recently because of what he said about diversity in the NFL coaching ranks and executive ranks as well. And his staff is one of the most diverse in the league. Does, if this extension really was agreed two months ago, does he speak out in the same way as he just did? He probably does. I don't know, but it's sure a lot easier to do if you know you got a six year extension in the back. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I agree with both sentiments. And Kyle Shanahan, look, he's, he's earned it. I think that when you look at the body of work, obviously Jimmy Garoppolo was kind of like the, the catalyst to all of this because after Jimmy Garoppolo came in, Kyle Shanahan's coaching record also progressively got better. There's no, there's no secret in that. There is, they do tie together. But when it comes down to whether uh, Kyle Shanahan would have said what he said if he didn't have an extension, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to say because he was still locked up for three years and he's still coming off of a Super Bowl berth. And I think that when you have that sort of clout behind you, you're able to do those things. It's not like he was a coach that was in his last year, like a lame duck coach. He was a coach that had a little bit behind him. So I think that maybe part of that was like thinking, well, I can do this because I've kind of earned it. We know Kyle, we know he has a little bit of arrogance and we know that he calls, he calls the game that way. And he, and he, he coaches that way. And there's nothing wrong with that. So we know that the guy's not afraid to you know show some guts and big moments. And I think that was one of them. There's one thing here with this extension that hasn't been mentioned that I'm curious to see if it comes to fortune. Cause a lot of people are talking about what, what about John Lynch now? Cause they were signed together. So where's John Lynch extension or does he get promoted to president? As it's been talked about with Adam P- Peters promoting up to GM, the wrinkle to that, that I've yet to see anybody mention is it's widely believed Kyle Shanahan has final say. I've seen that reported from a lot of sources, even though I've never seen it officially said, Kyle Shanahan has final say when it comes to moves. So is that a wrinkle? Is that something Adam Peters is okay giving up and still getting the GM title? Or is that something he's seeking and thus Adam Peters is not going to want the promotion because he he wants to go somewhere that he gets to have final say and get full credit? That's something I haven't seen talked about. and Maybe that's why there wasn't a Lynch promotion and this Peters promotion uh, announced at the same time. Just just a thought. Who knows? Could be nothing, but it's something that occurred to me. Speechless. Yeah, yeah I know. Well, I mean, I just I'm just thinking about that. I'm like, well, you know, that's actually a really good point. What if Adam Peters either? I mean, it's kind of late to have something else lined up, but what if he has an idea of a, a potential opportunity that may come from somewhere like? I don't know, like Belichick retires in New England or something like that. And Adam Peters goes back to New England, for example, or that's that's like completely hypothetical, but something like that happens and Adam Peters leaves and takes one of those jobs. And maybe he's just standing pat because of that. Uh, I like the idea of, of John Lynch becoming president, Adam Peters becoming GM and Martin Mayhew retaining that assistant GM sort of title that he has. Uh, but how viable is it? I, it? It really depends on Kyle Shanahan. Like you said, he has, we know that he has a lot of say within the organization. We know this, we don't know how much, but we know he has a big voice in the room. So if he has a big enough voice in the room to make that happen, I'm sure that he would want to keep all of them because you, the, all of the successful teams that I've made extended runs and, and granted the Niners championship window is open. Now we know that, 
And if they want to make an extended run, it's continuity that's going to get them there and continuity specifically in the front office and the coaching staff. So if they want to do that, then they have to retain all these people. And Kyle Shanahan obviously knows that. And I think that he's probably aiming for just that, just the, the best way to get all of them to stay without other teams trying to poach them. Because that's something else that happens is that when you get good, other teams try to poach your coaching staff, your players, your front office people, because they want to emulate the same thing. And I think that Kyle Shannon, obviously, this is, this is Captain Obvious speaking here, but he wants to keep them together for as long as possible. How much credit do we give Lynch for the success the team has had? Because I think it's long. I would say it's like 70-30 Kyle Shanahan. I don't know that John Lynch, I don't, I don't know how much credit to give him, to be honest. I think his biggest benefit to the organization is, I think he is good with the media and he works well with Kyle. And I'm not saying he doesn't have any, you know, scouting ability at all, but I don't think I don't look at John Lynch as an elite player evaluator. So I, I don't know that I'm like breaking down the door to give John Lynch an extension. If he were to leave, I think that the 49ers would be fine with Adam Peters or Martin Mayhew, either one of those guys filling the John Lynch role. What do you think, Levin? I think Lynch is <clears throat> how should I put this? I agree that he's probably not the big talent evaluator. I think he listens to his scouts, which in and of itself is a skill. We know from predecessors that you can get an ego. And I think that is his biggest thing is that he doesn't get his ego involved. He's willing to take a back seat when the time is ready, but he's also willing to step up and take the heat or deal with the media during bigger times to let Shanahan deal with the coaching. And that is why I would say he's the perfect match for a coach who has so much influence like Shanahan. You know, when you have a coach that gets to make so many decisions and is a really good talent evaluator and knows specifically what he wants in players, you need a guy who's going to check his ego at the door, but also be willing to step up and take the brunt when needed so that the coach can deal with actually coaching. That's hard to find. I don't know Adam Peters personally. I don't know whether he would be able to do that. There's plenty of guys in this league and other sports for that matter, or even other career lines that seem like great people until they get into that power role and then their ego comes. So right now the Niners have it perfectly, which is why I've been kind of sitting here watching the news going, I'm okay if Lynch doesn't have that that succession move, which I wouldn't be against it. But at the same time, the status quo is so great that I kind of don't want to see it messed with. Yeah, I'll buy into that. I I agree with that because... John Lynch, we have to understand that the 49ers are coming out of uh, franchise purgatory, basically, with what Trent Baalke did to them, did to the roster. It was lower than the purgatory. <laughs> okay, it's one, yeah, sorry, one step lower than purgatory. So they were coming out of uh, franchise, basically, a decimation and hell um, from what Trent Baalke and, and what they had done to uh, and, and the previous coaches had done to the team. And John Lynch was the anti-Trent Baalke. That's why he was hired. He was a personable guy. Like Levin said, he takes accountability in the media. He stays behind the scenes. He doesn't, he doesn't have an ego. And that's exactly what they needed to pair with Kyle Shanahan because I feel like Kyle Shanahan is the stronger mind. He has the, I'm not saying Kyle Shanahan has an ego, but he has the bigger ego among, amongst both of them. And he knows, like Levin said, he knows what he wants. So John Lynch is basically one of those guys. It's like, okay, you want that? I'm going to go get you that. But I'm not afraid to ask for help from Adam Peters and Martin Mayhew, who are also really talented too. So, Matt Barrow has actually tweeted out that they should, you know, extend or promote Lynch and ex- uh, 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 
promote Adam Peters to jam and he quickly deleted it. And some people caught on to it and they screenshot it and sent it. But I, I wonder if you put that out there and the team kind of contacted him, somebody from the team was like, Hey, uh, don't be doing this right now. Like don't mess with what we have going here. Like, let's just, let's just cool it. And he quickly deleted it because Barrels doesn't do that. He's a reputable guy. He's been on this show several times and he's one of the uh, 49ers writers that I, uh, that I appreciate the most. It's just kind of interesting to me that he would tweet that and then delete it right away. So, I mean, this is all speculation, but what we do know is Kyle Shanahan got that six years and he's here till 2025. And guys, I think that he's hoisting at least if he can get over his game management problems, which we've talked about at large uh, on this show, he's going to be hoisting several Lombardis because that's literally the biggest flaw in his coaching game is his game management. If he gets over that, then he's, he's a multiple Super Bowl winner. He should have been already. Here's the thing. We, they might have already gotten the succession done. Maybe that's what Burroughs found out yeah. because they could have agreed to it two months ago. Who yeah. knows? They might have something and they're just waiting on particulars or waiting for the right time. That's an interesting thought, though, Zane. So what does Kyle Shanahan have to do, given the roster and where we are right now, in this six-year contract in order for it to be considered a success? Is it just one Super Bowl? Is it, To me, you have to win at least one. Going to another one is not enough anymore, considering where they are right now. No. He, he has to win at least one. I would almost say two, but I, I hate assuming championships. So I'll just say for the sake of this, one Super Bowl in this six years is a success if you're Kyle Shanahan. Correct. He has to, this, this extension that he got was the going to the Super Bowl extension. If he wants another one, that means he has to win. He actually has to close the deal. I think that this one was Jed York recognizing, hey, there's something special going on here. I'm not going to torpedo this thing like I did with the Jim Harbaugh thing. And maturity and, and wisdom shown by Jed York, credit to him on that. And the next extension that Kyle Shanahan gets, and I hope he's here for a very long time as coach of the 49ers, will be based off of a Super Bowl win, hopefully. And if he doesn't, then I think at the very least, it's going to be very hard-pressed to keep him if he doesn't at least go to one or two more. But he's got to seal the deal. A Super Bowl win buys you, as long as you continually continue having success at least every other year, making the playoffs and all that, it buys you a decade. Mm -hmm. Look at Mike Tomlin. He's been able to coast on one Super Bowl for a decade, and there's not... There, there was a little talk when they had that down year, not this past year because this past year is due to injuries, but a couple of years ago that, well, maybe he's not really that great of a coach and he inherited it. And then they went to the playoffs next year and all of a sudden that talk went away. You also got to look at somebody like Andy Reid back in Philly. He lasted for quite a while without winning one for about a decade just because he was winning. Mm -hmm. So I think, yes, in order to be a true success, he's got to win one. But if he wins one, as long as the Niners are still competitive at a semi-regular basis, I don't think it's multiple Super Bowls. I don't think that's fair, really, because, I mean, how many multiple Super Bowl winning coaches are there in NFL history? Only, a, what, a handful? It's like seven, maybe? can't remember exactly off the top of my head, but it's not very many. So I don't think it's fair to say to be a success, he kind of needs to win multiple. Well, look at the other guys, Sean Payton, uh, John Gruden. Mike McCarthy, who's now out at Green Bay, like all these guys, like they stuck around for years after they won the Super Bowl because that that Super Bowl bought them time. So I, I totally agree. Like if he wins the Super Bowl, you're getting up to a decade. Now, there's one thing that I, I did want to discuss with you guys. Um, there, uh, the the talk about George Kittle's contract extension, and we hadn't talked about this off air, but I just thought of this. 
and how he wants wide receiver money. It's going to reset the, the tight end market and how the two sides are far apart. Remember, we heard the same thing about Buckner over the last couple of off, off seasons that they were far apart and they weren't close to an extension and that he would basically not be, not be resetting the market, but be getting like just a tier below Aaron Donald money. And, and in the end, subsequently divorced Buckner was traded. Do you guys feel like George Kittle may be headed down that same path? No. Sorry, I, I see you wanted to say something, Rob, but I feel like I, I should say this because I've been pretty vocal about this on Twitter. There's one big difference. I've seen that analogy, and while on the surface it seems logical to make that analogy, there's one key factor here that blows it out, blows it away, it, it, that it, it's not the same situation. Buckner wanted money that if he was franchised, would have paid him. If he gets franchised as a defensive tackle, he was going to get paid right around what he wanted, what he was calling for, the low 20s. Kittle doesn't have that power. He has zero leverage here, which is the difference. Kittle wanting $20 million, the Niners can literally let him play this next year, which is the final year of his contract, franchise him the next two years, and two still years, pay yeah. him considerably less than what mm-hmm. they're likely willing to offer him and pay him in a contract. But it's still a far way off from wide receiver money. He's not getting 18 to 20 million a year because the Niners can literally let him play and use franchise tax for the next three years. And I think as it sits right now, the second year of that franchise would only be like 13 million. And the first year would only be around 10 million, something like that. I don't remember the exact numbers. I looked it up a month and a half ago at this point, but that's, that's the difference. Kittle can't say, Hey, somebody will pay me this money. Cause I don't think there is a team out there willing to pay a tight end 20 million. First off, right. But the Niners have the ability to keep him for pretty much the rest of his prime. Mm-hmm. They didn't have that ability with Buck. If they let him play out his final year and then franchised him, he's going to be getting paid what he ended up getting paid that the Niners were unwilling to do. That's a world of difference and it changes the whole scenario. That's a fantastic and, point. That's a really good point. And can I just say too, I love George Kittle, but he's not worth $20 million a year. He's not. He, he puts up a thousand yards, which is fantastic for a tight end, and he scores five touchdowns a year. That's not 20 million. And I know he's a good blocker. That's great, but he's not worth 20 million a year. And if I'm the 49ers, and I've said it before, you have the number in your head. And if, and if he doesn't want to play for that, I don't blame him. Everybody should get as much money as they should get. But if, if that number and the 49ers number is not the same, I think you do exactly what you just said, Levin. Let him play out the deal, franchise him twice, and then that's it. Trade him. You know, whatever you want to do, let him walk out the door at that point. Like, it's not, especially when you have an offensive head coach like Kyle Shanahan, who has said you can manufacture offense on that side of the ball, which is basically him saying, I don't need a ton of elite level players to still have a good offense. I don't, I don't break the bank and go 20 million if you're the 49ers. I just don't. I mean, mar- market value matters. You know, mm-hmm. bacon is amazing. It's probably the most popular food in the world, but, or at least in America. Yet it's what seven eight dollars a pound. Flamin' Young's more than that. Mm. Your top steaks are all more than that. It's an amazing food. Kittle's an amazing player, but the market value for tight ends is not where it is at other positions, and that matters. Yeah, I think this is kind of a, a strong play by his agents to try to get as much as they can. And the Niners kind of balked at it, and they and they're calling the bluff. And I think that eventually the the deal will get done. And it'll settle into that same like $13, 14000000 million range. I think that he'll probably be the highest paid tight end 
which puts them at uh, maybe like oh, that, maybe that's no question. Yeah, maybe maybe fifteen. What fifty? It's thirteen now, right? So the average of the top five is like thirteen. So maybe like fifteen, sixteen mil. But that's a whole lot different than like twenty, twenty plus mil. Like a, a non quarterback is not going to get that. Like you're not, you're not going to get that. So I, I really think that all of this is it's kind of a slow off season. Maybe people picked up on it. they're like, oh well, what's going to happen? Uh, myself included. But I, I really think that at the end of the day, this this gets done. He wants to be here. They want him here. They're going to find a number that works. Right now, the agents want too much, and they say they want to reset the tight end market, which they probably will, but it's going to be much lower than what they're asking for. Isn't it weird? Like, right now, I just had a thought, like, you know, whatever the 49ers are going to do, like, I trust them. Prague and Kyle, like, I, they're going to make a good decision. I trust them. And then I think a few years ago, when Jed, you know, and all this Harbaugh stuff was going on, I didn't trust this organization to do a damn thing. It's the same organization, but you know, all those years ago, I, I didn't think they were going to do anything right. And now, you know, I just feel like they get it. Like it, they, they just get it. They understand how to be successful. They understand what makes them successful. And there's just no, there's no infighting. There's no strife. There's no conflict. Everybody seems to be on the same page, and it's so refreshing. They they leveled up. They learned from their mistakes. The people that are still here. <laughs> They mm-hmm. were there uh, 10 years ago, eight years ago, however far back you want. They've learned from their mistakes is the best way to put it, especially Jed York. And then a lot of things start from the top. Yeah. Speaking of uh, people learning from their mistakes, I want to wrap up with this, with this uh, last topic here. So recently, uh, in light of all everything that's been happening uh, around the country, uh, Roger Goodell made a statement on Colin Kaepernick. And he's a really polarizing figure for a lot of reasons and some people like him and dislike him, whatever, whatever they want to think that's fine. But it's interesting that Roger Goodell now, after all of this is is kind of saying that, well, he probably shouldn't have had a job and things like that. He's been out of the league for two years. Uh, People point to the fact that he was quote unquote benched uh, in favor of Blaine Gabbert uh, and discount the 16 uh, touchdowns and four interceptions he threw here uh, in his last stint with the Niners and last stint in the NFL. And now teams are talking about how he should get a shot. Seattle, Pete Carroll saying that they should have uh, probably signed him. Uh, I mean, that's, that's after the fact. It's like, you should assign him then if you really wanted to. Uh, Roger Goodell coming out, making the statement. What do you guys think of this? I'm happy Goodell made a statement. But for me, uh, yes, he needs to make a statement. The NFL needs to change their stance. But words are meaningless at this point. The time for words was three years ago. Right. You you missed your chance on that. So words are hollow and money, throwing money at it isn't good enough. Money's been thrown at this issue before and it doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. We need I action. Totally we need owners to open their mouths. Luckily, the Niners have an owner who has opened up and essentially supported everything. But there are plenty of owners that haven't. Notably, Jerry Jones has yet to say a word on it, which speaks volumes, in, in my opinion, that the owners are still not on board with this. A majority of the owners, I should say, are still not on board with this because the majority of owners haven't said anything. And mm. I think there is a bridge not built yet, I guess is the best way to put it. There's still some very wealthy white men who can't get out of their own way, can't open their eyes, are not listening yet. And they are the ones that own everything. Mm-hmm. And until they start to be the ones to say it, until they stop being 
I don't want to make this political, even though it's really a political issue, but a lot of the top donors to a certain presidential candidate are NFL owners. Mm-hmm. And that speaks volumes. And those are the NFL owners who have yet to say anything. Until that changes, it's hollow words from the NFL, in my opinion. Well, not only hollow words. I mean, you mentioned the money. It sounds great but when you say it's like $250 million over 10 years or whatever the number is. But Florio broke it down. That's like $800,000 a team. That's like yeah. the minimum signing for, for a veteran player. Like, that's nothing to the NFL. It sounds mm-hmm. all good, but, you know... During the season when the New York Giants have to play the Washington racial slurs, that goes a lot further. Like, if you want to be serious about this, Roger Goodell, if you want to show that you're serious and that you, you support Black Lives Matter and you support minorities, you can't have a team with a derogatory slur, a dictionary-defined derogatory slur as a nickname. You just can't. And, and I know that, you know, you can't force Daniel Snyder by league rule to change the team name. But there are things you can do. You get the other owners on your side. You get a coalition. You put the screws and the public pressure to Dan Snyder to change his team name, and that'll show that you're for real instead of putting out this video that says you support Black Lives Matter after, by the way, an NFL employee, social media employee goes rogue and has this whole video made. All, the video with DeAndre Hopkins and and all the play and uh, Michael Thomas and all those players that were in it that was saying you know we want the NFL to speak up that's what got Roger Goodell to issue his statement. If that doesn't happen, I don't know if the Goodell says anything about this. I'm not really throwing any bouquets Rogers way. Yeah, and even then, uh, he didn't even mention Kaepernick's name. He really just <laughs> said like, "Oh, I support this movement." It's like, come on, man! Like the NFL is the most tone deaf of all of the professional sports. No, 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 no. Baseball. Baseball owners are by far the furthest down tone deaf road. Well, in terms of dealing with social issues, I think baseball, well, I think baseball also has an issue there, but I feel like the NFL, because it's more popular, we see it more often. Um, Because of that popularity, it's in front of our faces more often. But coming from a baseball background, me, like as a lifetime baseball player and fan like I, I i agree with you i think i think you're right so the nfl is among the most tone deaf of, of all the leagues <laughs> who would have thought nascar has risen to the least tone deaf league of all i mean exactly. they, they've been at <laughs> about leveling they, up they've been yeah, yeah they've been just flat out pretty much saying we don't care how many fans we lose because let's be honest a large majority of their fan base doesn't like what they're saying yeah, that takes that takes a lot of guts for them. And what Goodell has done basically just paid lip service to something that's happening just because for the sake of saying something, for the sake of saving fans or whatever you want to do. But look, I was there the first day that Colin Kaepernick's protest started. I was there. I was at that practice. It was a practice at Kizar Stadium. It was the first practice that was open to the press and public of 2016. It was the first practice I was covering for WebZone. And um, myself and Aaron Erickson, who's a writer for, for WebZone, we were there and you know, Colin Kaepernick was standing no more than five feet from us. And that's the day he was, he wore those pig socks. That's the first day that people noticed it. And then uh, subsequently the first preseason game after that, Jennifer Lee Chan took a picture of him from the press box. So it's like, this thing has been going on since then. And, and I, I had feelings about it then. I was like, wow, what is he doing? I, I wonder what's going on. But like, I'm thinking back on it. Like, man, Cap was right. Like he was hundred percent right. In terms of what the, the the message he was trying to spread, like it's, I it's something that we've 
kind of pushed to the back of our minds because it's an unpleasant topic to talk about and think about. But he was right. And the unfortunate thing is, is that he got blackballed. Eric Reed as well for a little bit. He got that contract from the, the Panthers. But I think that Eric Reed just doesn't give a crap anymore. He doesn't care about like playing at this point, um, which is fine. But I mean, like he at least got a shot. Colin Kaepernick can still play. Like there are backup quarterbacks everywhere. We hear this every single year. And stats, Mike Florio is among, among the most vocal about this in terms of the backup quarterbacks that are signed in the NFL today. Oh, Kaepernick can outplay most of them, or at least the time that he's quit or, or was blackballed, he, he, was, he would have outplayed most of them. He needs to have a job. He, needs, he needed to have a job, like Levin said, years ago. And the fact that he doesn't have a job right now is an absolute joke. The one issue that really makes me question how sincere the NFL is, and maybe they are sincere, you know, this is early on, so they, they might prove themselves to be sincere, and I think that should be said. But the thing that makes me really wonder is it's very clear that the NFL purposely didn't want Kaepernick in the league due to his beliefs in this, yet they had no problem throughout their history, including recently, having people who had racist remarks posted on social media that they then had to go hide. They they haven't had an issue with, you know, there's the quarterback that was drafted this year who claims he didn't know what it means, but he has a white supremacist tattoo. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have others who, there are certain people that I'm pretty darn sure have racist tendencies, whether they're, I think there's a, there's two levels to racism, to put it this way. There's the people who know they're racist and are proud of it. And there's the people that don't realize what they're doing is based on racism. I think there's a little bit of an ignorance there, which is inexcusable, completely inexcusable, not excusing it. It is still racism. It's still completely wrong. But I think there is certain people in this league, and one of which, I don't want to name his name because I don't know him personally, but it certainly seems that way. And he said some things in the past. Somebody that was in the news got pushed out of the league for being a bully, if that clues you into who I'm talking about, and then has come back in the league. He's been welcomed back in the league. And there's been a lot of rumors about how he stands on things like this. You can probably figure out who I'm talking about if you think about the bullying thing. So there's one player in particular about that. But there are players that have played in this league that the NFL knew or should have known are racists, to put it plainly, and they had no issues with that. They didn't stop them. They just tried to hide it or not put a spotlight on it. But the moment somebody else stands for something that we now, everybody's, not everybody, most people are now turning the tide and agreeing that Kaepernick's stand was just, and yet they blackball him. That, to me, kind of shows the true colors. Now, maybe they've seen the light, but until they prove it with actual substance and not just words and here's some money, I'm not going to believe them. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? Because did Roger Goodell suddenly have an epiphany about all this stuff? I don't think so. I think it was... it's. It was easy for the league to make that statement at that time. Who was going to criticize Roger Goodell for saying that? You know, it, the, he had the cover that he didn't have three years ago when Kaepernick started this whole protest. Mm-hmm. Now he can say it, and and the whole world has changed. And, and so we'll see because that you know the talk was that Kaepernick was too big of a distraction. He he caused too much of a distraction. You can't have press conferences. You can't have your quarterback or your backup quarterback talking about all this stuff. It'd be well. Guess what? Everyone in the world is going to be talking about this stuff every single week. Every players around the league are going to be kneeling. Baker Mayfield has already said he's going to kneel. J.J. Watt hinted that he would he might kneel on the side. Like the kneeling, like it's going to be everywhere. 
So you're not going to add any additional distraction by signing Colin Kaepernick to your team. That excuse is now taken away from you if you're not going to sign him. So now I feel like the only excuse you have is he either wasn't good enough or he's not going to be good enough now because it's been three years since he's been in the league. But to me, that's, that is the weakest of all stances, especially if you're only signing him to be your backup quarterback. So we'll see now what actually happens. I don't know, for, I don't know that he's going to get signed. I would not be sh- uh, stunned at all if he remains unsigned and never plays again. Yeah. So a couple of points here. First of all, like to the point of like, oh, Colin Kaepernick, the excuse, oh, he hasn't been in the league for three years. What kind of player is he going to be? Well, Josh Gordon missed two full years and the Seattle Seahawks signed him and started him. So that guy, like that guy was arrested, arrested and he was caught for drug possession and he was basically kicked out of the league because he kept violating league rules. Colin Kaepernick has not broken any law. He has not violated any league rules. He just got blackballed. He's, oh, well, he's violated the quote unquote unwritten rules of the NFL, whatever these stupid rules that they have, these owners have. But to me, that excuse, again, like I agree with you, it's run its course. Like you can't say that Colin Kaepernick at least doesn't deserve a shot. And the dangerous thing for the NFL is that now you reach a point where the people that uh, are, are supporting Black Lives Matter, they kind of don't give a crap anymore. Nobody cares anymore about like what the repercussions are going to be now at this point. It's reached such a tipping point in this country that people are no longer scared of repercussions for supporting what I believe is a good cause. I support Black Lives Matter. I've lost a ton of followers. I don't give a crap about that because I'm not in this for followers, right? Like for me, it's about right and wrong. And I think of the NFL players, they feel the same way too. For them, it's about right and wrong. And Colin Kaepernick is one of those guys. He should be in the league. If all of these guys are doing the same thing that he was doing, why isn't he in the league? It comes down to that. Two things I want to say. One, I think it should be said at least that Kaepernick could get a job offer and he doesn't accept because nobody knows where his money is, whether he's willing to accept a league minimum deal, which most players who sit out three years have to accept something close to that. Or whether he's willing to accept six million a year or seven million. Nobody knows where his dollar figure is because he hasn't set. So it might be he gets a job offer and he's unwilling to take the money. But in terms of saying, just solely saying that he's been out of the league three years, he's not good enough anymore. One of his own teammates proves that argument null and void. Alden Smith is back in the league. I mean, if if he's good sure. enough to take a flyer on then Kaepernick's good enough to take a flyer on. It just might be that he's unwilling to accept that flyer status, which I don't think honestly would be fair. I think he is deserving of decent backup pay because at the very least, he's likely a good backup. And backups don't make league minimum. Mm -hmm. Not backup quarterbacks, I should say. Man, it's been a crazy, crazy last few weeks uh, for a number of reasons. And it feels kind of good to be doing a podcast with you guys because the last few weeks, I mean, this year, frankly, has been just so weird, but the last few weeks especially have been very, very, uh, uh, really eye-opening and, and, and t- at certain times difficult to, to see. But it's nice to be on the pod with you guys again. This is, this is nice. Let, let's be honest. This might be all we get for football this year. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> potentially that. This I mean, we that. didn't even touch on that, but we have Cowboys <laughs> players testing positive. Uh, I know University of West Virginia football players have tested positive. Yeah. I actually heard from a neighbor here in Pittsburgh that uh, his, his co-worker's wife works at the hospital. The University of Pittsburgh football players volunteered to go into quarantine because one of them came in contact with somebody who tested positive. None yeah. of the players have tested positive, but I mean, you haven't even really truly started practicing yet. And you have 
players testing positive. So uh, it certainly seems like having a season is a long shot at this point. I still stand by my prediction. The, whenever Super Bowl 55 happens, whether it's this year or this season, next season, 2025, whatever the hell it is, the Niners are going to win that thing. They're going to win it. <laughs> God, that would be nice, wouldn't it? I'd like to get see another one. I got my the, the only one I've seen is I was nine years old when I really remember. That's that was the only one I really truly enjoyed. Yeah, I'd like to get another one before I leave this planet. Same, same. <laughs> All right. Well, there you guys have it for Levin Black and Rob Stats Guerrero. I am Zane Nackley. It has been another episode of the Forty Nineers Web Zone Know How to Podcast. Check us out on iTunes. Uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and on the 49ers Web Zone website under podcasts. Take care, be safe, everybody, and we'll see you all next time.